And that's what we're trying to do is get people to realize there are things you can do and we look at health in a different way. Yes, if you break your leg or if you've got cancer, you have to go to your doctor. They're going to help you. There's really good reasons to go to doctors. Mm -hmm. But there are things that they don't look at the same way. And so it's just a matter of you need to kind of pivot in life and figure out who are going to who are the people that are going to support you in ways and a lot of people are in that gray zone where they think they're okay because they're being told they're okay but they don't feel exactly right mm -hmm. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. Okay, well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. I'm loving this new music. How upbeat is that? Just puts you in a great mood. Well, as you may have heard, if you haven't listened recently, this might be the first episode you're hearing. Um, we are interviewing people now primarily from functional diagnostic nutrition. And even when we bring on outside guests, we are still focusing on more course content. That's kind of the shift that we've taken with the podcast because that's just the demand that the audience has shown. They really want to know more about the course. They want to get a little more technical and we are happy to supply that. That's for sure. So the guest that we have today is someone who was actually interested in following a true traditional medical route at one point, never fully got into that, but definitely got into studying health that much is for sure and she's been living a healthy life for over 20 years and for her that just simply means studying different things and trying different diets it actually all started out with the zone diet which we'll talk about in this podcast and that's one that's been around for quite some time so I think it's kind of cool how for many of us it starts with one simple book or nowadays it could be a podcast even and that can start this whole journey of functional medicine holistic healing and all these wonderful things that it brings and it seems that it's a never-ending rabbit hole, and that's why some of you have listened to all 130-plus episodes of this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> so we're talking to Mary Ann May, and I was lucky enough to not only meet her at the founder of FDN's house, Reed Davis, we actually played Scrabble together along with my girlfriend, so it was quite a crazy morning, you could say. Um, very exciting, you know, playing Scrabble at seven in the morning. So she is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who has been focused on healthy living for over 20 years, as it's stated. And she specializes in helping people in their midlife find the missing keys to their health with an open heart and mind. She will help you de-stress and optimize your hormones and energy so you can begin to feel back to your healthful self. And I think this is a really important show because 
or episode rather, because not only is Mary Ann someone who can really relate to the midlife thing and actually talk about this and someone who's kind of managing this extremely well and just has a ton of energy, so sharp you can tell cognitively just by the way she talks in this episode, but this is someone again who's kind of been doing this for a while and I think the longer that you do this, the more you're able to kind of sift through a lot of the BS because unfortunately there is quite a bit of that out there <laughs> in this world. So I think you learn, okay, this is kind of cheesy. This diet doesn't work. That thing doesn't work. And through all of that over two decades, she has still come to the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and is pursuing this as a full-time thing now and is already doing very well, even though she is a somewhat recent graduate. So I'm super excited for uh, this show and to share this episode with you. We took many different routes with this conversation. I think you guys are going to like it. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right. Hey there, Marianne. Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Marianne and I have interacted plenty in the world of FDN, but this is one of these fun podcasts where I don't really know your health story. Um, I don't know like every little thing about it or things that you might have seen family members deal with or whatever. And I think that just makes for the most authentic and fun interviews where it's very conversational. So we always start off usually with the same question on this show. And the question I want to start off with is as simple as when did your health symptoms start and what did they look like for you? Well, I guess for me, I've generally been pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was more about really trying to optimize my health. I have a mother who had, had died of ALS. And so I watched as she was going down and my father had um, esophageal cancer and passed away. And so they were fairly young. You know, my mom was 68, my dad was 73, but his mother lived to 99. And so I just thought, you know, there are things we need to do in this world to protect ourselves from things that happen to people along the way when they're not really paying attention to their health. Right. And so I'm one of eight kids and I've been the, the freak that's always like, no, don't do that. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that. And so it is funny how you come around and some people start seeing what you're doing and want to join. So it's not that I haven't had things, but that was really my focus. And that's all good for me. I, we've had that actually plenty of times on the podcast. I think that's even cooler when someone sees, not that, I mean, I'm hey, I'm someone who's dealt with health issues and was motivated by it, but I think there's something even cooler when we see someone else and maybe that's part of our motivation to get into this. Now, I'm curious too, the ALS thing, is it, because I know nothing about that and we've had one other person on the show where one of their motivating factors to get into conventional medicine was a parent dealing with ALS. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious, do you, believe now that that is something that perhaps could be, I mean, if someone is living a healthier lifestyle, I guess how I want to word this is, do you believe that's a lifestyle-based disease? Because I know that one's pretty damn you know, serious. I, I honestly do think there is an element of that, to be very honest. I mean, sadly, there were a few people in my family after my mom was diagnosed with it, even someone my age who died of it hmm. um, when she was, I think, under 50. And so that seemed to be something familial, but I will even step back from that, that even if you have a genetic predisposition to it, epigenetics show that when you, you might, I look at genes as being the hardware and how we live as the software. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to express certain genes. And that's been my whole thing. On top of that, there's been a lot of evidence that 
when we have a leaky brain, uh, leaky gut, mm -hmm. we have a leaky brain. And when we have a leaky brain, certain things get in there like Epstein-Barr virus and other things that shouldn't be in there. And my feeling is that is an avenue into brain problems when you have a leaky blood-brain barrier. And so it's interesting because that's just relatively new that when you have a leaky gut, the same thing can happen to your brain. And we hadn't known that for a long time. So I think that that really is opening up my eyes to there are lifestyle things you can do and ways to check what's in your body to know how best to, you know, avoid certain things such as ALS. I think that's a and that's a good answer for people out there that might be experiencing something like that or hearing or seeing it in their family because the last thing I ever want to do, especially with something I've never really looked into, is come from a place of ignorance. Like I am sure our natural bodies have some limitations to them. I've been more surprised by the limitations they don't have. I've been more surprised about what people come on the show and share. I'm like, you healed what? Like, you know, it's like I mean they're dying from cancer and then they're totally fine and they've been fine for ten, fifteen years in remission. I'm like Okay, so I guess that's possible because you just did it. and um, But yeah, it's like just because something's more serious like ALS, it's like you can clearly see like in your family this genetic type of thing. Well, why is that not conceptually similar to the fact that my mom had severe cystic acne and thyroid issues and so did I? I mean, yes, ALS is way more serious than both of those things. Sure. But we resolved these things by taking care of our body. So can we not shut off the genes for something like that? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to believe that we can. Um, I think why not believe that that's possible, right? There's got to be something out there that we can figure out to help those people. And for those that might just be a little confused, because I always forget not everyone's in the medical space, of course, ALS is also, I actually have to check myself here. That's also called Lou Gehrig's disease, right? That is correct. All right. right. And so, you know, people have heard about that and, it doesn't take long to find somebody who you might be one or two people away from it being touched by ALS because it just seems to be something that I'm hearing a little bit more about. When I heard about it for the first time, I hadn't really heard about it from anybody else. But now, unfortunately, I've heard of several people that aren't that far from my core that okay. have had it. I heard, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm I mean this in a good way because I actually think it was a really good thing that they did. Was do you remember that ice bucket thing like years ago on oh, Facebook? Oh yes, and stuff? that I was for that. ALS, yep. correct? Okay, that yeah, yeah. That was ALS, and they got a lot of money. Yeah, um, I'm about to say. I guess it. that did work because I remembered it right now to this day, and I've never really thought about ALS outside of that for the most part. Right, so there is right. Something cool no, that was fun things. and cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, I wasn't into my cold exposure stuff back then, so that freaked right. me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> yes. All right. Awesome. So I'm curious, what were you, uh, I understand the inspiration for getting into work like FDN, but were you always in the healthcare field or what were you doing prior I, to FDN? You know, it was funny. I had always wanted to go to medical school. I was the geek baby who was watching, <laughs> you know, Marcus Welby MD, who was, you know, aging myself and things like that. But I really wanted it, but I was really good at getting in my way. And so I took a different path. I was in a relationship that was important to me and, you know, became my husband and everything. So it was just something that got in my way. And so I ended up doing a lot of different things, got my MBA, went to, you know, corporate America. Eventually, you know, having kids, I pulled out of the workforce a little bit and then just started dabbling. And it was probably in 2003 that... I got a book by um, Dr. Barry Sears, Mastering the Zone. 
And, you know, I had just had a baby a couple years earlier, and I was reading it, and it was like, oh, this was meant for doctors. And I said, well, I'm going to get the other book then. (laughs) And the proverbial light bulb went off my, you know, over my head when I was reading about how food affects the hormones in our body. And so, you know, that was my first plug to try and do something to see if it would happen for me. So I kind of jumped into the zone diet living and all that. And all of a sudden, you know, all the, the 10 pounds of my baby weight that I had been carrying for three years happily, like, eh, I'm okay. I can take this, you know, no big whoop. But, you know, my husband's in the other side saying, well, maybe you don't want to do that. So I'm like, okay, okay. So I ended up doing that. And it was interesting because I just was eating 40, 30, 30, which to me, you know, made sense. And, you know, I got other people to do it and they were losing weight and everything. But, you know, it was interesting. My energy came back. I mean, it was kind of my light bulb that there's a lot going on with food that really matters and you need to pay attention to it because we all digest food differently and we're all individual, but there are certain things that we all need and it's just about trying to figure out exactly what's your best recipe for creating your health space. Okay. On a side note here, because I know our fellow nerds are going to want to know, and I'm actually not sure, is the zone diet, like when you say 40, 30, 30, is that some kind of macronutrient ratio? Oh, that's a macronutrient, 40%, um, like the unprocessed carbs, you know, really fruits and vegetables, and then 30% lean protein and 30% monosaturated fats. So, you know, it's interesting when you do other diets, there's some success that kind of come back to that based on certain people that's a good thing but you know with all the keto and paleo and all the other things going on there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat when you come to food and you just got to kind of figure out what's best for you yeah in our world of fdn i mean i've heard such miracle stories with the metabolic typing if they actually do it mixed in with like the mrt it's cool um for me i mean it's actually it was inspired by metabolic typing at one point because I'm not even always fully in keto, but I've always been a leaner guy, like super lean to the point where it was almost a problem in a sense, right? I have the opposite problem of most people. And they would always just tell me because I got into like weightlifting and stuff when I was younger and just trying to be athletic, not going for anything crazy, but you know, trying to get bigger. And so they basically say, all right, are you eating your body weight in protein, like in grams of protein? I'm like, yes. Are you eating like 20% fat or whatever it was? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, cool. Then all you need to do have is just keep upping the carbohydrates and Infinitely, like until you gain weight. I mean, Marianne, I was sitting around 18, 19 years old eating four or 500 grams of carbohydrates per day, and I'm not even past 175 pounds on the scale. Right. It was ridiculous and just so stupid. And now I don't even really eat more. I mean, it's pretty rare I eat more than 100 carbs in a day. I typically could even be below 50. So, yes, I, I do fluctuate in and out of ketosis, but it's just ironic. And I'm not suggesting that anyone out there do that, right? Get the proper testing. Right, right. You, have to, you have to work with a practitioner like us or and know the context of everything else going on in your life. But for me, no. I mean, I sit around 70% dietary fat, almost 75%. My health, subjectively and objectively, objectively being the labs, is better than it ever has been before doing something that was almost the complete opposite of what everything told me online to do if I wanted to like get big and uh, gain weight. And of now course. I'm at a healthy weight. I get stronger in the gym if I want. I can control it completely. Uh, again, just kind of going away from that mainstream narrative. So Yeah, um, and you figured out what works for you because exactly. you know it's not a one-size-fits-all as yeah. much as we want to think that. So. Mm-hmm. 
it takes some experimentation and some will to figure that out because sometimes there's tricky cases. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's so much context because I learned um, now I'm really going off at a side note, but you'll love this because I find not everyone knows about the light stuff always. Do you know there's studies showing that when our skin and eyes are exposed to UV light, that we actually become more insulin sensitive. And it's like, well, why would that happen? Well, go figure because when are the plants growing? When they're exposed to UV light in these tropic areas or whatever. So um, as someone who lives in southeastern PA, I actually will fluctuate. When it's the summertime and I'm outside, I notice, Marianne, I can get away with murder with carbohydrates almost. But in winter, going above 100 for me kind of like breaks me out. I don't feel as good. And I'll go right back into that fat mode, uh, ketosis type of thing for winter. And I shift seasonally. So assuming you're actually out there living with the seasons, folks, because some people are just in the office all the time and then they're right. climate controlled house that's not really the seasons um if you're actually out engaging with it then i think even eating could be based on that as well so i I digress but a fun note nonetheless (laughs) no but that's also ties into something that's very important too and the sun if you're out in the morning it can help with circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. and help with people setting their bodies up for better sleep at night so the sun is our friend in a lot of ways yes you've got to respect it and not let it burn you to a crisp but you know you need to get some of it in every day Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it sucks because I never, I was against like these trackers forever. And those of us, wa- or, uh, those of you who are, who are watching on video, I'm holding up a Fitbit right now, but I just finally pulled the plug recently or trigger, I should say. And I got one and I find it so interesting to see the different things and how it affects my sleep. Now I'll never really be able to go back because I've been catching sunrise for almost four and a half years after I learned the benefits. But my girlfriend right now, who's an artist who stays up, not late, but she's always in artificial light. She loves like the stuff that we're doing. She loves data or whatever. So I'm like, would you be willing to kind of do like a 30 day experiment of 30 minutes of sunrise? And she's like, hell yeah. And she has like a Garmin watch. So um, I'll share that with FDN. Of course, you'll see this and I'll share it with our people on this podcast. So we'll track her stuff and see kind of how the circadian rhythm changes her REM sleep, deep sleep um, over the course of that 30 days. I've never had like a really good guinea pig that I know is going to stick with it for the 30 days. Right. It hasn't really done it at all beforehand. So that'll be interesting. You're totally right about the light stuff. That's been catching sunrise. I don't know how... To describe this to people, you really have to get into the literature because otherwise it's kind of hard to believe. Right. That has been probably one of the best things I've ever done for my health, up there with removing gluten, up there with removing dairy. I'm just saying. So people can do what they like, but that really has worked well for me. Yeah, and for those who have a hard time getting up, you know, just try and do it just as an experiment. I'm I'm one of those people who like to get up a little bit after sunrise, and mm-hmm. it's something to do it, but it's oh. it's worth the effort just to experiment. All right. So going back to your story with FDN, you know, you start off like so many people, you know, you're reading a book for the first or like about this stuff um, and it's kind of sparking this interest. And I find that so many people end up doing their own research and it's one or two books that really gets this journey started. Well, and then you're yeah. you're absolutely right. And that was the first book. And then, you know, I I kind of worked on my family and, you know, I was staying up really late at night cause I had the right dose. And then my husband was like, Hey, get me on that. Cause he was always doing carb pushing for workouts and stuff. And I said, no, you could eat this way and work out whenever you want and all this stuff. So it ended up working out. But the really fun story about that actually was my daughter had just gone to kindergarten that fall and I hadn't really gotten my kids so much into it. You know, I'm, I'm the mom who's thinking, Raisin bran is good for you, and I watered down your juice, and, you know, you're ready for the day. And, you know, she would come, it was a half-day kindergarten, and she'd come off the bus as nasty as could be, throwing her backpack down, and I'm hungry, and 
and all this stuff. And it was really funny because I thought, you know, I went at two weeks to her, you know, see how kindergarten's going with the teacher. And she said, you know, she's a lovely girl, but, you know, come around 1030 or so, she can't follow. She's not with us. She's really spaced out and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is a high achieving kid from my experience at home. So I'm like, what's going on? Well, I went home. I decided, you know, I'm going to make egg whites, you know, an egg white omelet for her, give her some strawberries and some peanuts and send her on her way. Hmm. Well, she was coming off the bus sweet as can be hold my hand mom and she wouldn't ask for food for like an hour and then at the quarter of the year we went back to see how the year was going and the first thing the teacher asked me is what drug did you put her on she is a completely different kid she is here she's on she's doing everything and i just said i changed your breakfast she goes what she had no belief that I was telling her the truth. But, yeah. you know, in time, she saw that that's, that was the kid all year. Right. So. I, I, oh, man. I love that you shared that story because I work, obviously, in schools. You know that, I think. And I see these kids with these mental health issues and this stuff. And, like, I, you forget what it's like until you go in there. And they got, like, the nastiest fluorescent artificial lights, which, by the way, guys, there are studies on specifically on classrooms and behavior of the children in those classrooms based on the light that they're under. That's real. Uh, that's been Studies been done since 1973 on that type of stuff, and yet we still use crappy light. And then don't get me started with the cafeteria, God forbid. I mean, that's, like, even more horrifying, you know? And then we wonder... How many kids are getting detentions for disruptive behavior or worse yet, setting themselves up for failure in life because they're getting poor grades, but these poor things can't even concentrate. They can't focus. They're they're miserable and they're not conscious like us to know, oh yes, when I eat this way, I feel uh, this yep. certain way because my blood sugar is normal. What seven-year-olds thinking like that? <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, absolutely. Unless they're being guided because of course the funny thing was with that kid is someone picked her up after school and she was given a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and she said excuse me to the mom she's just have you ever heard of protein and she called me and said what are you doing with this kid and i'm just like she knows she needs it <laughs> so funny it I was it was of. really like okay my kids know what they need to do <laughs> sorry yeah, absolutely um in terms of you eventually finding fdn i don't think we covered that was that just no, from like online searching or how did you, you know, find out about us it's interesting because i read another book back in like 2015, which was Missing Microbes by Doc, or I don't think, I'm not sure he's a doctor, but Michael Glazer. And that really just shot me all about the health, the gut and everything. And I knew that was a big deal. And so I started really paying attention to that, reading things. And I did a couple of um, health coaching business or health coaching things, cool. but it wasn't exactly reaching me where I wanted to be. I mean, it was information, yes, but I was getting that from a lot of books and things like that and webinars. And then I was at a conference where FDN was a sponsor. And I'll be honest with you, I had just finished another health coaching thing and I thought, no, no, I'm not even looking at it. Forget it. I'm not doing it. Well, it turned out after this weekend conference, one of the conference people had a master class with Reed Davis. And so I tuned into that, you know, video of him talking all about what FDN was. And yet another light bulb went over my head and it was like, okay, this is what I need. He mm -hmm. talked about the data you get from the labs and how you work with people to figure out what's for them and, you know, really correlate what's going on. 
And that just was all I wanted. I mean, I was trying in the past to, how can I get these tests for my kids? You know, I know we need to check our gut and, you know, things like that. And this was honestly my entry into having the control to look for things and really be the detective for my kids. And I I thought, you know, I'm going to run a business on this. And so, you know, I've got a few customers. A few clients now, and I'm just starting to roll out because this is just life changing. Mm -hmm. And and when I went through the course, I had to do all these tests. I learned some things about me that you know I'm feeling fine. I feel great. Oh well, you've got E. coli in your gut, and you've got this in your gut, and you've got this in your gut. And I'm like, what? Okay, so you know you have to treat that. And you know I had um, I had a congested liver. It said in one of these tests, and I thought. How in the world? But in my head, I knew that I had had amalgams in my mouth for like 40 years. And four years earlier, I had taken them out. And so I ended up through listening to someone through FDN talk about getting tested for mercury. And so I had that test done just earlier this year. And sure enough, my mercury is off the charts. Wow. Like, On the HDMA. And it was, um, no, I did the Quicksilver blood tri-test. Got it, got it. Okay. And so I saw my methylmercury, which was based on fish, was really elevated. And I don't eat a lot of fish because of the whole mercury thing. Mm-hmm. And she, basically, my um, client, I don't remember, the CA... Um, when you call in to be able to look for your test information, I was able to get somebody talking to me about the results. And she basically said that the mercury is in your tissues and the inorganic, which were the ones from my mouth were still elevated, but not quite as high as the fish. Mm. And so I saw, okay, that's probably why my liver is congested. And, you know, a sidebar, I can't really tolerate alcohol real well. So that's not a huge thing for me, but you know, it would just, I have this ring, this aura ring and my sleep gets totally disturbed and I feel terrible after just one cocktail or one glass of wine. So I was just like, all right, something's not working in my body. Right. And so basically I have been on a mercury detox now through Quicksilver And so I'm on the second phase. I decided since I don't really feel, I'm not real sensitive. They have three different ways you can do it. You can do it over three months, two months, or six weeks. I'm doing it over six weeks, and I'm only a third done with it. So it's a lot of supplements and botanicals to try and get the mercury out of your system. So. That's cool. Uh, well, not cool that you had it, but just no, cool no, I, no. I it's cool that I knew. Right. And, yeah. And the thing is, is after this, I'm going to test again, mm-hmm. and I'm going to see did I clear it all out? And you know, there's ways to look at how is your body doing it. So after, if I'm clear, I'm going to eat fish again, and I'm going to have you know a glass of wine here and there, and then I'm going to test again in six months. And if it doesn't, if it shows that I have more of that stuff in there, it shows that I don't have a good detoxification system for it. And I'm going to have to do either, you know, no fish and no alcohol, which, you know, if that's what I have to do, I have to do. But, you know, I like sushi. I like other things. I'm going to have to figure out a way to uh, live with that. And there are certain things that you can take after eating 
um, fish, you know, chlorophyll or chlorella actually, chlorella and other things are supposed to bind things. And I think when I'm going to be challenging after I'm done, I'm going to be using those things to see whether or not I need it, if it will keep me clean, to be honest. Cool. Yeah, shameless plug for someone we had on the show, Catherine Arnston uh, of Energy Bits. I don't know if you have used that's, that. My... That's what I'm doing. I'm oh, using cool. her chlorella. <laughs> yeah, I got to I gotta be honest. So um, my girlfriend Maddie bought them, and then she, she didn't even tell me she bought them. She's like, these things work so well. I heard one of the podcasts. I'm like, okay. So she bought like this $100 bag, loves them to death though. And then she brought them to me, and then I tried like 15 or 30 of them the first time. I can't remember. And it was subtler for me. It wasn't like, whoa, oh my gosh, everything's like better. And it's probably because I'm into health stuff already. But I will say, I I said to her, I'm like, wow, doesn't it seem like I'm like talking a lot more? And like we were traveling. It was exhausting. She's like, yeah, you seem like you literally got a pick me up type of thing. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So if that's possible, I think that's amazing. And it's, I mean, you're also replacing a lot of other supplements with that. So it's not the price tag that people would think initially. It's right. like, oh my God, one supplement's this much. It's like, well, it's not really one supplement in a sense. Like you're getting a lot of different things. So yeah, great product that she's designed over there. And all you have to do is listen to her podcast to realize Oh, it's I did. Yeah, and that, I yeah, that woman could go, products. man. <laughs> yeah, so um, and, and you know it's, it's working for her. <laughs> yeah, and it's really funny because the spirulina one is supposed to be for energy. It's energy bits, right? Yeah. And it was funny because I had been taking, you know, five here, five there, whatever. And then I was traveling this weekend and I bought the, uh, I bought these little bags that have 30 in them. Oh, you got them right there too. Yeah. 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 Actually, my little kid is right here. Right. So anyway, these, and so I took this bag of 30 of them at about four o'clock before going out with my daughter because it was mom's weekend at her college. And I was just like... Oh, yes, nice, I nice. got energy. I got energy, and it wasn't caffeine, so it was really amazing to me that that happened. Yeah. But, yeah, those are great products. But yeah, It's just cleaner. It feels a lot better. So very cool. Yeah. That's so – that was uh, not intended at all to it. You no, literally have them within arm's reach. That's amazing. Um, that's how it goes sometimes. I've had someone before. I was like, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I wear like the blue light block is blocking glasses at night. And like she whips them out. You know, we that's what's fun about talking about uh, to FDNs, that is. Yeah. So when you were going through, I know that you already touched on it. You actually uh, beat me to a lot of the questions there, which is cool. Did you find anything else major? I know that you said the E. coli in the gut, the backed up liver. Was there anything else that popped up? Um, my, cortisol, my cortisol was messed up and some of my sex hormones were messed up, but I I kind of knew that. And so um, I'm working on, I haven't done my retest yet because that's in a week or in May, I will do most of my testing again, but I am, you know, a good sleeper and I'm sleeping well and I feel well. And, you know, I just feel like my digestion really got better because I knew something was wrong with me. And after eating something before the test and telling my kids, if I got something in my gut, it's from this meal. I mean, it was from a good restaurant, organic stuff, but it was an old piece of lettuce. I'm trying to eat really good and saying, oh, if it's bitter, I'll just expand my palate, keep going. (laughs) And then at the bottom, I was just like, oh, that wasn't what I should have eaten. So I'm pretty sure I know where that came from. But a whole host of things, you know, when you when your gut is open, to because you've got a dysbiosis you're basically letting the environment welcome in all these bad players and so it wasn't just e coli it was messed up different things and so i feel a lot better and you know it's interesting i have had the test given to some of my clients and one of my clients i mean she's got a parasite 
Mm-hmm. And she's just like, what do you mean I've got a parasite? I'm fine. And I'm just like, maybe not because she's got fatigue and she's got some acne and some other things. And we're just like, well, let's clean up your gut and see if we can clean up some of these other things. So it is interesting because you walk around thinking everything's fine until you test things that aren't generally tested. I mean, I go to my doctor every year and I'm told I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. And I go and I find these things under the radar that aren't fine, that are going to lead to things. And I'm all about living in a way that doesn't let things start. So, you know, it's just a matter of jumping on it. And, you know, my mantra over the years has become food matters. Like it really does. And I've seen, you know, when my mom had ALS, for example, we had a woman um, from Poland who was in the house caring for her because she needed nonstop care. And one of the things she brought back from Poland, and my mom was in bed and she couldn't move, right? So a lot of people know about um, sores, bed sores, because you're not moving and stuff. She swore that blueberries in a drink, she would make a blueberry drink for my mother every day. My mom never had bed sores. She had a problem where she had to go to a hospital for a potential blood clot. She was there four days, and she came home with bed sores. So it's just amazing the properties of food that food really does matter. I mean, we saw it with my daughter. We saw it with my mother. And, you know, just good food. You have to figure out where you can get the best food that you can because it really does matter. I mean, food is information. It, it tells your body what to do. And the food that you're eating actually becomes your body. Like the amino acids from the protein become your muscle. So, you know, you want it to be the best you can. And so you got to look into that. Right. And there's so many additional complexities in today's world with the diet thing. One, I always just find it amazing that we've moved so far away from our natural lifestyles that we're we're as smart as we are but we're the only human beings that need diet or sorry the only animals that need dietitians or nutritionists the bird knows what to eat right the bear knows what to eat the fox knows what to eat they don't think unless you're hank the tank right yeah sure sure (laughs) so but like we're the we're the smartest apparently and yet we're the only ones that can like completely override our intuition to the point that we just don't even or instinct even so we don't even know what to be doing anymore and then add to that the food quality there's lower nutrients than before but there's also a higher toxic load and i think this is what people forget about and there's some people obviously in the world of fdn we're not dogmatic with the diet but generally speaking i mean we're almost universally recommending animal protein to people in some amount it might look different for you and me but it's never really a vegan thing and it's not guys i've done a vegan thing i'm not hating on it i actually think it's a very admirable goal uh to not want to kill animals to do this i think that's amazing but people forget that when a plant goes through photosynthesis it collects heavy metals from the environment There are insane amounts of heavy metals in the environment right now. Um, So should we be concerned about certain seafood? Absolutely, as you already brought up. But people don't put plants and tuna fish in the same category. And I'm a lot more worried about excess vegetables now. And just unfortunately in today's world, I'm not saying this always would have been the case. But in today's world, I'm more worried about that sometimes than I am on the damn fish. Now, that's not to say to be loose with either but we need to consider all of these things the food thing has become quite complicated well and the environmental working group does a great job with their dirty dozen and honestly there are some restaurants here in dallas who do say they pick their 
they they follow that. And the dirty dozen is just the the top 12 foods that are the dirtiest when it comes to pesticides and chemicals. And they have a clean 15 on the other side. And, you know, they're not testing everything, but they're testing the higher the higher um, consumed foods. And what really is tricky is spinach and strawberries are always at the top. And, you know, I hate to say it, when I go to somebody's house for food and they've got a fruit salad and there's strawberries in it, I'm not going to be the rude person and say, are those organic? No, I'm (laughs) just going to say, you know what? I'm just not going to choose to eat that. And so, you know, it's just tricky because arugula isn't on that list. So I generally will eat arugula at restaurants over spinach because unless they're saying it's organic, I think that's going to be very heavy on my body with pesticides and whatever else is on it. So, I mean, it's just about being thoughtful about what you're eating because it matters. I want to um, go back to your experience with the course for a second because, you know, you're coming in as a relatively healthy person at the time and then finding this stuff on the labs. And it's actually kind of interesting that we have these two extremes normally where someone comes in and they're one of the rare few, you know, they've done work on their health and they're actually feeling pretty good. And then on the other side is like the sickest people you've ever heard of going through FDN. And it's like, how is it useful for both? Well, it's actually the same philosophy that makes it useful for both. FDN finds the things that the conventional world just does not find. So if you're someone that feels overall pretty good, but maybe has some stuff to work on, yes, our philosophy is going to find that. Similarly, if you're someone who's super sick and conventional medicine is either telling you that your blood work looks normal or that everything's fine or that this is all we can do, right? They've given the medication or two and they they did try. This isn't a condemnation towards it, but they did everything that their system allows for, but you're still sick. FDN works really good for both of those cases, whether it's optimization or, wow, I am in the worst health I've ever been and I need to figure out what the heck I need to do. And that ties into exactly why I wanted to do this. Reed Davis talked about how he wanted through all his efforts with wellness area he was working in and all the people, he wanted to be the last person that people saw. And I just, that resonated with me so much because I have a big family. And I was talking about this last year when I was first dabbling in, like, you know, you might have liver enzymes that are up and your doctor's going to say, hey, just wait, let's watch it. I'm saying this to one of my cousins and he's just, that's exactly what my doctor just said. I said, why are you waiting? Why aren't you doing something about it now? You don't, I mean, it doesn't appear as if it's going to just go away. It's a sign that something's not right. And I think that that's the key that people need to realize that when your numbers look normal to a doctor, they're looking at the range that the lab provides. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about this lab is that their range includes everybody. That's the sickest. It's the people who aren't paying attention to things. So when you're on the low end of that, you're really showing that you're probably with the sick people. And they're just not accounting for that, which is why when we do our stuff with FDN, our numbers are always over because we are looking for the optimal range, not you know, catch all the, you know, bell crew that catches everybody, but just, you know, the things that really represent the biggest health markers. And that's what we're trying to do is get people to realize there are things you can do. And 
we look at health in a different way. Yes, if you break your leg or if you've got cancer, you have to go to your doctor. They're going to help you. There's really good reasons to go to doctors. Mm -hmm. But there are things that they don't look at the same way. And so it's just a matter of you need to kind of pivot in life and figure out who are going to who are the people that are going to support you in ways and a lot of people are in that gray zone where they think they're okay because they're being told they're okay but they don't feel exactly right mm-hmm. and those are the people that need to dig a little deeper and you know FDN really does help people with that because yeah. we go below the surface to see where systems are just starting to tweak a little bit in the wrong direction. And instead of that going all the way down till when you're feeling your worst, that they finally are going to say something's wrong with you, why not catch it early and turn it around and, and learn to you know, do things so that you're living as vibrantly and as alive as you can? Yeah. That's so many things just well said there, right? Um, And I love your objectivity because I find that's universal in the world of FDN, but it's not universal in the world of functional and natural medicine. We need to recognize the strengths of Western medicine, guys. This is not, and anyone that listens regularly already knows my thoughts on this. This is not a one versus the other, but at the same time, it's amazing when I first got into this, I don't engage with this anymore, thankfully, but when I first got into this, all the debates I'm getting into with like family members or friends, like, oh, you think you know more than a doctor? And it's like, it's okay, first of all, no. Second of all, it's not that simple. It's, it's like the stuff that you said. If people just actually knew how reference ranges were made, you guys would realize this is insane. If you knew that you can be incentivized as a doctor in America to prescribe certain medications, you would probably think that's insane. <laughs> you know, um, If you knew that we're one out of two countries in the entire world, the other one's New Zealand, that allows direct-to-consumer pharmaceutical advertising, which means, folks, yes, only two countries in the world hear about Lunesta on their TV show um, with a little cute butterfly that tells you you're going to fall asleep all nice or whatever. You know what I mean? Or whatever that was for. It might have been a depression one. No, that's not allowed other places because they realize that that's probably a bad idea. And so we need to just be aware of these things. And it doesn't take much. I can just tell anyone who's never even read a one damn book on this. You don't have to do much research to start thinking wow, is that how it should be? (laughs) You know, you're like, I don't know if that makes sense or if I agree with that. But people, they never even go and check that out. Um, And so they think it's a battle of one versus the other. That's not the case. Use Western medicine always as like a life jacket to keep you afloat. Acute situations, it's fantastic. But if you're someone that's been out there for 10 years with the same health issues and you've been going to the doctors, well, you don't need us to tell you that it's not working. It's clearly not. So something else needs to be uh, tried at that point. And I think, man, this show now having 120 something episodes, I think this is just and we're going to keep going. Right. This is just more and more proof that, wow, not only does this system work, it works consistently for a variety of different health issues because we're not treating anything specifically. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to the whole food thing, I love this example, to be honest. Food is medicine or food is information. And the best way to look at that is in the bee population. Mm -hmm. I just heard this again for the last time, you know, just last weekend, and it's just so clear. Worker bees and the queen bee have the exact same DNA. Exactly. What does the queen bee get fed? Royal jelly. What do the worker bees get? They get pollen and nectar. Mm -hmm. Worker bees work and they live for a couple weeks. The queen lives for years, and she is able to produce colony after colony after colony. And it's only because she's fed 
royal jelly. What are humans royal jelly? We've got to figure out where we have royal jelly because literally we have similar DNA. We have tweaks that make us all unique, but the bottom line is food is information. Let's find the stuff that makes the queens, you know, in the bee world make us feel like that, you know? So it's just, it's, it's crazy when you think about that. I've never heard, I didn't, well, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. I don't think at all. So that's such kind of cool. I, I wouldn't have known how long the queen bee lives. I wouldn't have known that the DNA is the same. And I definitely wouldn't have known about uh, the royal jelly versus, I guess, I guess the pollen thing is the only thing I would have known. Pollen so that's pretty that, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. I'm always learning. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I read that just this weekend on something that was talking all about food and all that stuff and how, you know, it, it just resonated with me because food matters is my mantra. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. So we'll transition a little bit for the last 10 minutes here, make sure we get everything in. Um, And of course, in a second, we'll talk about where people can find you. But I'm curious, since, I mean, relatively, you're a new graduate. So um, in the grand scheme of things, like who are you finding that you want to work with? I know that you've kind of already alluded to it in this show, but um, I always love to hear it directly from the person. Like, who's your number one client, the person that has these characteristics? I'd love to work with them because I think that helps the audience realize if they should reach out to you. Yeah, I'm really looking for the person who's in the mid part of their life, like I am, who has been kind of focused on health, but they know that something's wrong with them and they can't figure it out. And I want to offer them the keys to understanding what's going on in their body so that they can turn it around and feel better and live confidently and healthy for the rest of their life. Because honestly, I feel like that's what we're doing with FDN is we're finding missing keys to unlock the potential to get people back to where they need to be. And I have, you know, I do work with some youthful people because I've got kids and their friends learn and stuff like that. And I try and talk to people about food of all ages, but the people that I'm working with specifically are some people in the middle of their life where the stress has been piling up from family, relationships, work, and they're just not feeling their best. And they know they've got some things going on, whether they're not sleeping, they're not digesting well, they, you know, don't have the energy. It's just trying to figure out how best to get them feeling their best so that they wake up refreshed. They have the energy of the day. They're digesting their food as best they can. So they're getting the nutrients in their system to be as good as they can be. Excellent. And where can people find you if they're interested in that? Well, I am just starting my Instagram and it's get healthy with Marianne and with is a W. So it's get healthy W Marianne. That's M-A-R-Y-A-N-N. And cool. so it's just a really great honor to be on this. And I just, I'm, I'm all about it is all I can Perfect. say is I'm really excited about this. Perfect. Before we finish up with the signature question, we have some time. So I'm going to just rapid fire a few things. Um, one is the FDN community. Was that something that you were expecting when you first joined? Did you know it'd be that I cool? Because it's amazing. <laughs> I had no idea about that. I was hook, line, and sinker from Reed. And then the <laughs> AFDNP, the prog- the professional program you can get in, it has so much bang for your buck. You are getting webinars, you are getting a community that can help you with things. There's so many resources that are at your fingertips, discounts for things, all the all the support you could need to be a successful person is right there with all the people 
that have done this before you. And there are so many resources to make you successful that you can make your own you can make your own business, whatever you want. There are so many different ways to address this, whether you want to do group programs, whether you want to target certain areas or certain people, there's support everywhere you look. So it's really an amazing community. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because there's people doing completely different things sometimes. Like I speak on the topic, right? I take a very different route with this. So you can become an educator. Some people have their own YouTube channels and uh, like Ben Azadi's done very well for himself. I think he's got like 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and he educates on this stuff. He speaks all over the place. He has a, his own brand now with this. He has multiple best-selling books. Um, so it really is sky's the limit. And it just shows you, it goes to show that personal development also matters in the world of health because all the tools are there, and there's some people that have never taken a damn advanced course, even though FDN offers a bunch of them, and they are killing it, helping a ton of people, making great income, and then we have others that take every advanced course under the sun, and they still have some troubles with that, and that is not a to be discouraging by any means. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's to be encouraging that, hey, if we do the work on ourselves too, outside of just the health stuff, just going through the FDN course separates you so far away from most everyone else. You're going to be able to help a ton of people and have a successful business that people want to pay you for uh, or to utilize the services of. Anyway, if you do the advanced courses, my God, then you can just step into a completely different realm like the Ryan Monahans of the world, right? Where now he can mentor FTNs right. um, and do his own practice. And yeah, that guy's just on a different level for sure. But um, you don't even need to do that to have a successful right. practice here. So the community's great. People have done it before. It's been around for 13, 14 years. It's, there's not, there's hardly anything new that's coming up, in my opinion. Um, and what's cool with the pandemic over the last two years, the only cool thing about it maybe, is that... FDN was doing virtual before it was in, right. you know, so, so many people were flooding into FDN because it's not like we were one of those businesses that just said, okay, well, we'll start going online because we have to. It's like, no, that was the choice of most practitioners long before uh, COVID was a thing. They're like, well, wait, I can do this in an office or I could do this online. Yeah. Most people choose online <laughs> if right. given both of those options and you can work with people all over the world. It's cool. The people that you meet through this, oh, um, like I'm meeting you and we're talking across the country right now. I think that's yep. amazing. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, so what's your goal now? Is it just, this will be my final business question. Um, is your goal now to just, hey, I want to do this like as a full-time practice? Do you want to, like, where do you see this in a couple of years going oh, down the I road? I see this growing. I am going to be all in just doing this. I'm going to run group programs. I'm going to be really expanding to, you know, learn through some of the advanced classes and do things for metabolic health and things like that. Cause you know, as we've heard 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. Well, there's a lot of work we need to do metabolically. So it's just going to be, um, it's just going to be a great venture to be honest. Cause I just want to help people every chance I get. Cool. All right. Well, we will finish up today with the signature question on the health detective podcast. And it is, is, it is as simple as this. If we could give Marianne a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or stop doing one thing, what is the one thing you'd get them to do? It's pretty easy. Stop eating sugar. <laughs> just get all the sugar and the carbs that are not healthy for you out and just pay attention to the other foods. I think it is so cool when, again, someone has been involved in this space for so long and yet they give a tip that many people would consider, let's be honest, kind of simple and straightforward. Now, simple, of course, doesn't always mean easy, but 
that tip is not necessarily something you haven't heard before, and yet, are you actually doing it? That's what I wonder. <laughs> because this woman's been studying this stuff for 20 plus years, obviously very intelligent, obviously uh, very well versed in it, and yet that's her tip that she's sharing with us is to remove sugar and unnecessary carbohydrates. On a side note, I actually listened to a really interesting podcast recently by this guy, Ben Azadi. He has a podcast called Keto Camp, and we will absolutely plug him on this because he is an FDN and his podcast is huge. So go check that out sometime. But he had a guy on there who, my gut, uh, what did they say? I think it was like 20 or 30 years this person had not had sugar they just don't allow it into their lives anymore. They claim that they were a sugar addict. They want nothing to do with it. And I think there's so few people out there in today's world that are doing something like this. So I will be very fascinated to see how long this guy lives and what his life look, uh, looks like. Now, I'm thinking that we're going to need more than one person doing this to really make a good case for it. Not that we all don't know that sugar really is not necessary. But still, if he lives to 100, someone can still write this off as, oh, well, it's only one person doing it. There's plenty of people that eat crap and live to 100. Okay, fine. So we need some other volunteers that want to join in on that. I'm not sure if I'm ready yet. There are some great paleo snacks out there that I'm very much addicted to. And I'm not real, uh, really willing to give those up yet, but I'm getting close. <laughs> so if you're willing to do that, let us know. And Or if you've cut out sugar for a while, and I mean like years, I'm, I'd be curious about that. So check us out on the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition on Podbean. Leave a comment there and tell us how long you have done something like this. But with that said, if you want to check out the course, you just got to go to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. You can actually click book a call and we do free calls uh, pretty quickly. You can get on with someone with uh, usually within the next few days. And actually, technically, you can call at almost any time. There's usually someone operating the phone from about 9 a.m. EST to probably 7 to 9 EST, like p.m. Um, not always till that 9 o'clock time, but definitely for the first 10 hours of the day starting at 9 uh, a.m. So that's kind of cool. And you can call in, talk to someone about it, see if it's right for you. Because the truth of the matter is FDN is not perfect for everyone. I always kind of tell people, I'd say... The biggest differences here are if you're looking for a true coaching program, and I mean something that teaches you the skill of coaching, FDN's not really that. It was never supposed to be that, although we do offer an advanced course now, which is actually fantastic. So if you're someone who wants to do the coaching and not spend five to $10,000 to do it, all you got to do is take our advanced course. I think it's like $900 or something like that, which is so much cheaper than the rest of the industry. But with the main course itself, it's actually highly technical and just gets right into the science of lab analysis and truly getting your clients better. We're not doing all the fluff and mixing stuff in that doesn't need to be there. It is a course about functional lab analysis, developing protocols, how to properly use supplements, how to implement um, these supplements with people, what to do if they're maybe reactive to a lot of the things that you give them, hypersensitive clients, all that type of stuff, right? So you can find the course at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. And of course, if you resonated with Mary Ann, you know where to find her. You can just go to the show notes and check out her links there. But with that said, we'd like to thank you for listening to yet another episode of the Health Detective Podcast. And if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on Apple and or Spotify, guess what? We would love you even more than we already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon and take care until then. Thanks.